Welcome, welcome to the Delta Flyers podcast. And we are so happy today to have a wonderful guest, Roxanne Dawson, our old cast mate and now director of many different projects and 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 living outside of California. I love it. Uh, hi. Hi. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, wifey. <laughs> oh my God. I just here's a, just a quick question, Roxanne. Did, had you yes. had you played a lot of relationships in your acting career? Did you have, you know, were you a, a wife or or whatever? You know, I mean, how how many husbands in was Robbie is my question. <laughs> I had many boyfriends. Yes. But no yeah. husbands, but no husbands is an act, no acting husbands, oh. right? I'm, I'm sure I did. I but did, you can't like, think of like, one no, right I now. Think that nobody comes to mind to as important as, as this one. Oh, so. thank you. That's very well said. Very but I, I'm going to say that with maybe the first. I'm going to say that right now. Okay. Um, I don't think I I had a on-screen marriage. I feel the same way. I feel like, oh, yeah, I had a ton of, of like, you know, dating relationships on screen mm -hmm. and in shows and things like that. But I can't think of any project where I was a married character. Until Roxanne's character. Look at that. Yeah. All right. So in... Accordance, uh, in solidarity with the strike, we are basically not talking anything about any past, current, or future shows. So this podcast is going to be really going into a deep dive of who you are, because if you look at Wikipedia and you click on early life of Roxanne Dawson, it says Roxanne Dawson Caballero was born on this date in Los Angeles. She graduated from Berkeley on this date. That's all there is. We do. I mean, oh, so anyone kind of, yeah, very minimal. <laughs> Although, I mean, I would love it without the dates, but uh, yeah. That's I didn't say the dates. I just left that open. They can go look at oh, it themselves, right? But, but I'm I, saying I would like that without the dates. And that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without, without the dates. Yeah. Well, there's I, not a lot there. How did lot. you, how did you get into acting? How did that start? Like the idea of, I want to be a creative person. I want to, I want to go in the arts. I want to be an actor. Maybe. How did that start? You know, it's there's nobody in my family that's in the business. I mean, nobody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but from the time I was like five, I was already like reenacting things. I we get the block together and I put on plays. The first play I did was Born Free. And of course, I played Elsa, the lion. And um, <laughs> and I put the seats up and we my mom would make cookies or whatever. And then I charged them, of course. You know, of course, yes. Yeah. But we had like the whole neighborhood was the cast. And then I did it with my cousins and another, usually a sketch show of some sort. I mean, I was like- Who, who organized this? I did. So you were producing at how old? I was, yeah, I was producing. I, and I, I wrote and starred in a play in first grade about this princess, me, um, uh -huh. who was being married off by her parents. And she'd not- want to get married she hated the idea of marriage didn't want marriage and finally her father said to her well in the kingdom whoever can answer this question will marry you and and the princess says well what's the question he says what is hot and cold at the same time and so they had all these princes come in and they would try to do it try to do it. this is first grade and mrs wilson oh my god and you finally, were writing producing acting oh my god this it was already I've the stars this. this was I've never i didn't Roxanne, know this this is preordained that you are where you, were, you are right now in life because you already showed glimpses producer, of it <laughs> writer you were, director did and, you design the costumes so she the charged answer, admission go ahead i did the answer to the question is yes. a hot, hot sunday 
A hot oh. fudge Sunday. A hot fudge Sunday. Oh. Yes, and it ended up with me with the with the prince coming in or the potential prince coming in saying hot fudge Sunday, and then I throw myself on the ground and have a temper tantrum because I have to now get married. That was my first, first grade. <laughs> How? What made what, you think? Look at that! Like, if your I family thought about this in like so long. <laughs> this is oh the best, God. though. I love this, Roxanne. This is amazing. I, we neither of us have heard anything I've like never this from you this. at all. But look <laughs> at the the, ten, the temper tantrum, the foreshadowing of of you know the character that you later played on the show that mm -hmm. we all worked on mm -hmm. together. Unbelievable! At first grade, first grade. That's incredible. Okay, can I just rewind just for a little bit? Because I want to know, were you born in Los Angeles as well? Is that correct? Okay, so first yeah. grade was in LA, yeah? Yeah, I was I was born in Inglewood and ended up shooting something at the hospital. I was, okay, you're having a reaction. Are you okay? No, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you were, I'm sorry, Inglewood, go ahead, go ahead. Speak. I ended up shooting in that, the hospital hasn't been in use in forever, you know, and I That's ended up like shooting. And I remember the morning that I'm going to this, I forget the name of my hospital now. I, I, I was thinking to myself as I'm literally about to go there, even though I've scouted it and everything. I said, what sounds familiar about this? And I looked at my birth certificate and I went, shit, that's where I was born. Oh, wow. Like, and so incredible. during lunch, I had the guy show me around to like the maternity ward because my oh. father described it. He was out having pizza and came back and saw me through the window, yeah. you know, and I could, That's I was how, born yeah. in one of two rooms. One had a window and one didn't. And I so my mother had passed about a year before then. And I so wanted to like call her and just go, mom, which room was I born in? Like oh. one of the two rooms I was born in, you know? So yes, I was born in Inglewood. Oh California. my God. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, you know what, Roxanne, I think I huh. shot at that hospital that Daniel, you're talking. Daniel something. Hospital. Yes. It's, it's a person's shut name. down for a long time. Yeah, yes. It was a person's uh -huh. name. Okay. Yeah. It was in Inglewood oh, and a yeah. lot of shows shot there. I think I yeah. also Daniel shot Daniel Freeman hospital. hospital. Yes. Oh. yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Cause I went to college with a Daniel wow. Freeman. Could wow. it be? No, cannot be. That no. must be his great, great, great grandson. <laughs> yeah, that can't work out that way. Sorry, my math is backwards. Uh, anyway, so, okay, you wow. were born there, but Inglewood obviously is not the best neighborhood in Los Angeles any longer. That's more of a, you know, kind of a hood area now, it unfortunately. Wasn't great yeah. Then, okay, either. so it wasn't great. Okay, so, I mean, you were, but you were but, raised, like, first grade. Where were you living at that point? Inglewood? Or no, else? we moved uh, when I was in, uh, just before I started kindergarten. Yeah. We moved to uh, La Crescenta. La and, Crescenta. Uh, yeah. And so we had a house there. That's where I had my, um, the rest of kindergarten and like first grade. And yeah. And your play, with, your first play was produced there in La yeah, Crescenta. And that's what we did on Briarhaven Drive. So then when did you guys move to Beverly Hills? Because you went to Beverly High. So how, how La Crescenta's? Dad, he, he was a lawyer and mm -hmm. his practice uh, continued to grow and he ended up getting um a partnership at a firm in Beverly Hills. At that time, the two freeway if people who live there didn't exist. And he was doing this ridiculous commuting of like a couple of hours a day back and forth to get into Beverly Hills. Like and city was, streets? Yeah, I mean, they're oh just, it was really bad and it was always rush hour and, and everything. Yeah. And um, so before that, I think it was before the two was even built, yeah. um, he moved us in. We didn't really, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to like cry poor, but, but he did not have, we didn't have a lot of money. My dad was born in Spanish Harlem. You know I mean? He, mm, right, he was like right. the only, you know, until the day he died, he was still sending money back to his family um, in New wow. York. And, um, but we got permission to live in an abandoned, like 
building but that had like four units in it and we were the only one in there they got the electricity turned on and this that allowed us to get into beverly hills basically wow. and i went to el rodeo um school which is actually no longer in, in existence it was a yeah. grammar school and that's kind of how we kind of got in and then they finally found the house that was my childhood home basically for the, the whole time that i went to yeah. high school and everything wow but um it was it was really yeah, it was interesting. It was fun to walk around that abandoned thing. And we were the only place that had like electricity and it was it was going to be knocked down, which is a parking lot now. So it's gone. Oh my God. I remember uh, going to your parents' house, that house in Beverly Hills. Yeah. When I rehearsed, we were doing a reading at some convention together and we rehearsed it at your parents' really? house. One. We did one time. I went oh over there God. and met you at your mom and dad's house. And Do you I not remember, remember this, Roxanne? Not immediately. Yeah. Oh my god! We did wow. one, and it was we, we have Robbie doing... disease right now. Robbie usually we're... forgets everything, but oh I know god. I usually do. We we did love letters at some convention. We read the yeah. love letters yeah, play, but you rehearsed it at her mom's house. Her mom we and dad's had house. two rehearsals. One was at your mom and dad's, and one uh -huh. you came over to my house. Uh -huh. But I <laughs> I loved that I could see your mom and dad's house. I yeah. remember like because I knew you grew up there, and it just was so. It was, it's it was a great. modest house. It's this, this little house on the South side of, I know sometimes yeah. you go to Beverly Hills and it's like streets paved of gold, you know, what, we went to the, yeah, well, it was a very typical LA house. It was a very yeah. typical built in the forties, yeah. probably, you yeah. know, two, three bedroom yeah. kind That's, of ranch bungalow, but it was very charming. And I was just happy if, to see where you grew up. That was very cool. If I can quickly interject, a lot of people have a misconception when they hear Beverly Hills, they immediately assume every house is a mansion and it has, yeah. a, it's on a two acre property. No, Beverly yeah. Hills, your name, you could some home, you could reach out your window and touch your neighbor's house. I mean, it's, it's that compacted yeah, together in certain parts in of it. Right. Yeah. So, but it is a very nice, it, it is still the, the best shopping part of Los Angeles is Beverly Hills. No, and it so, wasn't. Then Rodeo oh, Drive then. did not exist. Rodeo Drive did not exist. Really? No. Wow. No. And what even year on, did it? What year did it form? Then did Rodeo become Rodeo? Yeah, they actually built that Rodeo thing from Wilshire, knocked down the theater that was there, started to build out that whole that whole area. I mean, when oh. I was going to school, I remember I had to get permission from my parents to like walk to Beverly Drive. You know, I, I oh my god, three blocks away, but they were always wow. weird. And on there was a five and dime called Newberries. And literally was a five and dime with a counter in it that you could oh. like stuff. And it was, you know, it was just, it was very, you look back, I'm sure there are pictures, you small know, town. It felt, I bet it felt like a small totally town. small town. I would walk to school. So um, cool. and it's a great school. I think one of the reasons outside of my dad's uh, business uh, was that he got me into a great school system. And at that time yeah. that school system uh, stood above so you know many and it yeah. also ironically he didn't know this had the best drama department ever and my teacher john engel who is like brought many people through he to this day i do things and i still think about what he's taught me he's an amazing that's funny that you amazing man i love that you say that because that was one of my big questions is yeah. who in your life as a creative person sort of inspired you that you still recall the lessons you learn and it's john engel for you totally john engel yeah wow Totally. Yeah. It's so funny. I just the other day there was a video of him being interviewed in like the 1970s. And I like his voice to see him on this old tape talking about what he's doing at school and everything. And I went, oh my God. It was amazing. What know? was it about him that inspired you to keep going creatively with acting or performing or things? What what you know, how would was, you describe him? He was an equal 
amount of passion and discipline. And I just feel like it wasn't just all about the passion and it wasn't just all about the discipline, but they had to go hand in hand. There was respect. There was, you know, respect for your fellow castmates, for everybody is because we did many shows where you're the lead in one and you're the chorus in the next one. Yeah. No, and you, you had a lot of rotation and and a lot of um, trying new things and knowing how to criticize, knowing how to talk to each other um, so that we could still risk and feel safe with, mm. with each other. Um, he was giving me a lot of lessons on direction as he was really teaching me to become an actor at that time. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much from him as a director. Um, if I look back at what he taught me, but it's funny because for my last, my last year in high school was basically the first year that a chorus line was on Broadway. And I went with my dad and we sat in the Schubert theater Broadway and watched a course line. And then when I came back, I somehow finagled to get the music. It wasn't printed yet, uh, but I got the song at the ballet. And for my final like spring thing, and my dad was sitting in the audience and everything, I sang um, one of the three parts of at the ballet when we were like on, on the main stage, you know, when it was the first yeah. time people were starting to hear that music, but also I'm, which is so weird. I was also working as an usher at the Schubert theater when it just, a few weeks later came to the Schubert theater. So <laughs> I was, you know, and that's how you, I snuck into my first audition for course because Do you I, know, I, oh my God, do you know, I was an usher in Atlanta at the Fox theater for chorus line. And that's how I got, I auditioned for chorus line. I'm not kidding are you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I was an usher for the first national tour and they were in Atlanta for like three, four weeks. And I, I didn't usher every night. It was sort uh -huh. of a volunteer usher job. Yeah. But I would go, oh, my God, I didn't know we both ushered for Chorus Line. And well, actually, Chorus Line came after I, because it was after I, I graduated high school. So when it came yeah. through, I wasn't working there, but I still had all my IDs, you know, from like, oh, I literally went through the stage door because I knew everything. And I went right into the audition. And when and you want one of my eight by 10 was, it was, it was a three by five picture of me with my dog. I had no resume. I had nothing. It was just like, yeah. I, and I made it like quite a ways away. And I kept calling my mom and going, she goes, just come home now. Just come home. It's like, it was like Guys, oh my. because we didn't have iPhones in those days, but I, that's incredible. So it's so funny, but that's how I snuck in was because I knew all the, wow. I just waved at the guy and he thought I was still working there. And it was like, wow. wow. I feel like I'm watching a scene from a rom-com movie, watching you two talk right now. Like you guys are two so like funny. Broadway the theater actor nerds. You're like, oh my ushered, God, we And we thing. both, yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? They, ha they had an, in Atlanta, they had an open wow. call just for replacements, just to go in the files. And I went to do the open call. I did. I got cut in the first round. <laughs> I was not, I was not the dancer that you were, but uh, it was uh, maybe my first audition for something of that level. Absolutely. It was actually, it was my first that audition was, at that, that Broadway. At that level, level. Yeah. That, and they were very, you know, they would, they would advertise open yeah. calls, you know, in every yeah. city you went to. So even though I kind of went into that audition at, just out of high school, you know, uh, it really wasn't the real thing. The real audition I went to was right after I graduated from college. And that was an open call in San Francisco. I was living in San Francisco while I was going to Berkeley. And I had just graduated. And a friend of mine said, look, there's a, an open call. And I went, oh, well, maybe I'll go do that. And I said, but I'm working. I was a receptionist at San Francisco Ballet. And um, so I called in sick. I said I had food poisoning. And then I, and then I went to the audition. And uh, I kept getting 
asked back. So the, the, it was a three day process. So the next day I called in sick again, said, I still haven't recovered. They went, okay. And then the third night I was down to like the final 20, you know, and they, they were going to, you know, they ended up choosing three of us to go forward. But um, I was on the evening news and uh, I, I, they were doing a thing on it and they called me, San Francisco Valley called me up and fired me for lying. I remember you told me this. <laughs> and so, and, and then I got it. And then their publicity department called me and and did a whole article for Herb Kane, who was a great sort of um, uh, story at person over at the San Francisco Chronicle. He did a whole story on my on my calling in sick and then getting, getting fired. Oh, and getting fired. Yes. Oh, and I love it. I'm using it now as publicity. But a, yeah. yeah, three days later, I was on my way to New York. So that was a huge change in, in my life. Okay. I have a very important question I have to ask you. Your... Um... Your father was born, you said, in New York, correct? New York City? Or okay. So, and your mother was also born in New York, is that right? Or okay, she but their background in- are both they're Puerto Rican in background, is that correct? Mm-hmm. In ethnicity. Yeah, they're New Yorkans. Yeah. Okay. Did they did they support your acting? You know, it, you're all of your I know when you were young, you're doing plays. I'm sure they love that. But then when you decided, okay, I want to make this a profession. Did they support that? Or was that something that you had issues with, with your parents? They would never be unsupportive, but they weren't supportive. And okay. I remember, I, I remember, I think it was that day that I did, um, that I did uh, at the ballet at school. And my dad came up and hugged me and he said, I get it. I get it. You have to do this, you know? And even though, you know, he didn't lie. I mean, I was about to head to Berkeley to major in theater, which is a stupid thing to do. Not that they don't have a good theater department, but like go to Berkeley and major in anything else, like make, learn something, you know what I mean? But, right. um, but uh, I still, I had a, had a great time there and was able to take a lot of other courses too, but yeah. he just kept going, what are you going to do with a theater degree? And I was like, yeah. I agree with you, father. I yeah. don't know. It's going to be insane. Yeah. But then it happened. And then they were just like, worried, you know, it is a scary career path to, yeah. to go down. And I'm sure they were just worried. I would worry. I, yeah, I yeah, absolutely. absolutely would worry. I wouldn't encourage, I mean, neither of my kids are interested in the business. I mean, they would come and hang around the craft service table. They had no interest in right, yeah. any part of it. And I'm glad, yeah. you know, but let them see it and understand what I do. But yeah. you have to not be able almost to do anything else. If you're going to put yourself into yeah. this, you know what I mean? I think. Right. I also think because it's a scary career path. I mean, that's one of the things with the strike, just to go back to the strike, because it's definitely an issue for all of us right now. These are the issues that are that are in play is making a, a contract and a, and a, and a mm-hmm. you know, a career that people can survive on, you know, mm-hmm. because it is a scary path. And so I think, uh, you know, that's what Screen Actors Guild and, and the Writers Guild are both fighting for. Um, just some fundamental stuff. It's not for the rich and famous <laughs> celebrities. It's for the people that, you know, that need a little security like your parents were worried about, you know, mm-hmm. is health insurance or a pension or your just fundamental. It's the middle class again, the middle yeah. class of actors getting squeezed. It's a journeyman actor. It's because you go on some of the really small parts, you can have people that do this for the love of it and are good at it and don't really are worried about earning a living. But mm-hmm. then you have the the roles that people would would genuinely do five to six roles a year as a guest star on a series and be able to make a nice living. And yeah. that's kind of gone away. Um, yeah. 
like not to mention what it costs to live in in Los Angeles. But yeah. that's really gone away as those um, the amounts that we're paying those people have just been squeezed as the as the bottom line has just gotten tighter and tighter. So I mean, I don't know if you've experienced it, Roxanne, but there's people that we worked with back in our science fiction days who've contacted me and said, hey, I need to make my health insurance this year. If there's any, yeah, yeah. any little thing, anything, I'll take it because uh, it's tough. It's tough to make a living. That's why your parents were, were worried. That's, you know, that's what made yeah, me no, think of all yeah. this it's, is it's tough. One thing that that brings to mind when your father was so proud of you and, you know, finally got it. I did a lot of theater like you did. And my parents were very worried about the path. And then um, I had moved to New York and I got uh, my first commercial was for a tuxedo company. It was the prom commercial. And I was getting my tuxedo on in the commercial to get ready for the prom. And because they saw me on a tuxedo commercial, my parents were literally like, you've made it. Wow, <laughs> you can do this. Maybe we were wrong. I was like, I have done plays. I've done theater. I've toured. I've <laughs> no, that didn't matter. No, none of that mattered. The tuxedo commercial <laughs> made them finally go, okay, maybe you can he do this. Made it. Oh my gosh. But I totally understand that. It's just, yeah. I, I get that. I get yeah. that. I, felt I, get that way. I mean, I, you know, I, I do. People don't really understand the majority of people don't really understand what it is that we do as actors or the journey that journeys that we take, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and there are so many talented actors that aren't rewarded as we have been, yeah. you know, the kind of work that we've been able to do. And, um, and so there definitely is, as there is with any profession, a certain element of luck. And it's a matter of being ready for when you get lucky, you yeah. know, and, mm -hmm. um, but you have to have that too. So yeah. In the back wall there, I see the photo of the cast. Photo of the That's the one. Oh yes. That is the one <laughs> where you too. are. Let me you say guys you. are here oh. with me all the time. <laughs> but, but Roxanne, that is the perfect photo. You have to agree. The balance, the symmetry in there, the fact that if you were not doubled over, that photo yeah. wouldn't be as good. If you were standing yeah. up kind of laughing, no way. The fact that you're doubled over about to fall on the ground, that's it, what makes it amazing. It I, was it's, I remember the moment too. I don't know what other. We laughing. don't remember. Well, you know, Bob Accardo said it, right? He said something naughty, something naughty Probably. and bad and funny. Probably. And then that's yeah. where we're all cracking up because he's not here's, laughing. Here's what I have. <laughs> Look at that one. I like that. I have that. I have that too. I love this well, one it makes because. Me smile. Yes. But that one also, it, that's also, oh, this was. Because we're so relaxed. Like we didn't know they were. I love this photo. Is Bob next office. to Kate? Robbie, who's next to Kate? Uh, that's, that's Ethan. That's oh, no, Ethan. no. To the Bob? Oh no, Bob's there. Right oh, Bob's there. on the other side. Oh, she's surrounded the side. by okay. the bald that... guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's surrounded. She's, she and likes Roxanne the Roxanne is guys. next to Bob and I'm next to Roxanne. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh my God. Anyway, I have, we both have our, our family photo. I Ugh. just love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If we could only figure out what Bob Picardo said that day. I know in Roxanne's photo when everybody's laughing. I don't know yeah. what he's saying. It's just I don't know. The look, I, the I, laughter on your face is brilliant. And just you've well, fallen over. Every yeah, single no. person in that photo is laughing. Oh, and it's yeah. just the best photo ever. Abandoned. You know, it was just it's great. Oh. God dang it. What a great I have, shot. I have one last question for yeah. our podcast. Um, sure. You know, we the three of us have had a, a, an enormous gift of being part of something 
where we really have a relationship with our audience. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, there's this long-term relationship. I've done a lot of projects where I don't really know the audience. I don't ever meet them. I don't get the feedback as a, as, whether it was as an actor or director. What is your thoughts? You know, we, we had Michelle Hurd on the podcast and we were talking about, you know, during the strike time, um, really trying to elevate the importance of the creative people with their audience. That's the relationship that's intimate. People don't have a relationship with their streaming service. They have a relationship with the characters and the feelings they get when they watch, you know, uh, something we've created. So what is your thoughts about just in your career, your relationship, whether it was in the theater, that feedback you get from the audience, what you learned as an actress with the audience and now as a director, like any thoughts about your that relationship with the audience? Well, I missed it sorely when I stopped doing theater and then you go to yeah. do television and there's like, there's, there isn't feedback. I mean, I think it's addictive. I think for those of us that understand that have been on the stage yeah. for a amount of time to know how to time and, and, Eight show a week and know the tendencies of of groups and and know in the first five minutes if it's if it's going to be a good night or not and then let it surprise you if something else happens you know yeah. but you're always that relationship is that's that other person with you all the time and probably the closest that I've come to that was the first time I did a Star Trek convention and yeah. I walk out there and suddenly everybody's like going crazy and you're talking and they they know what you've done and all of a sudden you're talking to your audience and to me that was so fantastic. Um, because it was the first time that I was having yeah. contact with that other person, yeah. you know, in the room and we never get a chance to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love that, that the three of us have been a part of something where we have that relationship. Cause like you, for me, the, the thing that drew me to being a creative person was that relationship with the, the audience, that, that experience yeah. that I had when I, when I could make them laugh or you could hear the room go silent when, you know, when you you yelled your lines or something, (laughs) you know, whatever it was, you felt this, you know, this, uh, this connection. And I think we're all three really lucky to have had this TV show experience that that kind of gives us that. And uh, wow. Roxanne, thanks for being with us on our podcast today. Thank we you appreciate your time so much and your wisdom. We learned stuff today. We didn't know st- it's awesome things. Yeah, we we learned some of these stories, so that was really nice. I it mean, your great. first grade produ- production writing everything. I mean, you were already a studio in it of in it of yourself is what you were. You were the Roxanne Studio. You cr- created your own works at first grade. That's amazing. All right. Uh, Thank you once again. Uh, uh, Stay tuned next week, everybody. We'll be back with uh, yet another wonderful guest to join us. But for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned.